it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Podcast. My name is Craig Cairns and joining me today I have Tom Watt. How are you doing, Tom? Not bad at all, thank you very much. And Tom, I've brought along a guest. A guest? I have, I have, yeah. I believe. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we just realised that we're pretty much neighbours and it's Gordon Siak. How are you doing, Gordon? I'm good, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, we we literally could be poking our heads out the window and doing this podcast uh, uh, that way. It seems very weird that we all live so close together and it hasn't been arranged that we, we do it in person. Next time, or a series of string and cans, we could probably yeah. get away with that. Who's arranged this? <laughs> no one is the answer to that question. Uh, so yeah, as I said, Gordon, thanks for joining us. It's the first time you've been on this, I believe you've been on Review from the Terrace, but it's the first time you've joined us on the Terrace. Tell us a little bit about um, where we found you and where other where our listeners can find you. <laughs> find you. Yeah, Mask well, um, I, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess long, long time listener, first time caller would be appropriate. Um, yeah, I feel like in the same way that Scotland qualified for Euro 2020 by sneaking through the back door, by getting through the Nations League, I feel like I've done that to get onto this main feed podcast because I've snuck in through the back door of talking peep show on review from the terrace and that's uh, ingratiated me obviously enough to be called up to to, to the main feed so oh, debut, debuts are never easy but I'm really looking forward to you guys playing me some nice easy passes Right well we'll start we'll, we'll start with our first game then and that was a it's got to be Tyne Castle. It just has to be Tyne Castle. It's not my bias. It was just an absolutely fantastic game. I had 30-odd attempts at goal or something like that. There was some incredible goalkeeping as well as seven goals. And uh, aye, what, what did you think of that game, Gordon? There's an easy one. 
Game game of the season, surely so far. I mean, that what an absolutely fantastic game. I mean, I was watching the highlights, and even though you know, you know what the final score is going to be. Watching it back, you're thinking both goalkeepers have actually got an argument for being man of the match here. I mean, they were fantastic. Some 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 really really good saves. A couple of goals they might be a bit disappointed about, but yeah, kind of incredible that they combined to concede seven goals between them because it was a really really good game of football and. Yeah, some some excellent goalkeeping. Yeah, I think uh, other than maybe the first one, Seagrest, I think, and I think it was a really unfortunate goal for for Dundee United as well. I was speaking to a few Dundee United fans after the game, and they were all still in kind of good spirits about it, and they just kind of saw it as a a bad day at the office, really, because Seagrest nine times out of ten he saves that, and then who knows where the game goes after that? Because Dundee United had actually competed quite well up until that point, but then after that, it wasn't too long until Hearts got a. Uh, a second goal, and even though Dundee United a couple of a couple of times scored to kind of reduce the deficit to one, they they never too often looked like they were they were never really piling on pressure and looking like they were they were going to equalise. Hearts were still fairly comfortable, and um, I'd say one of the one of the main elements of the the Hearts attack. It was certainly a surprise to see the lineup and see that there was no strikers, but then continued absence of Boyce Nielsen has a realised that they maybe that Dundee United maybe don't have the paciest defence and he's put Ginelli up there and he Woodburn and uh, Mackay just all clicked and, and they were they were great and Tom I know speaking of Mackay I think it's inexplicable it's further evidence why it was inexplicable that Barry Mackay was dropped for the game against Aberdeen last week yeah, he had a he had a really really good game. I mean, the the front three clicked. Well, the the whole team clicked. The 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 front three especially clicked, and the I mean, it, like you know, like Ron said, it was it was a really really good game. Two teams really going for it, and it was one of those games when every when as you pointed out, the goalkeepers had really really good games. But it was also one of those games when. You, you can see the goals coming. You can be like, no one's no one's picked that. No one's picked up the guy coming in on the back post. There's all sorts of space. And I mean, it, it would, was 5-2. It could have been 9-5. Um, incredibly open. Dundee United playing an uncharacteristically high line. Um, and I think the, the difference almost in having three runners rather than having a focal point for the striker was the movement got the movement almost like sucked Dundee United out and especially as they were chasing the game Hearts were able to kind of get in behind them a little bit more just you know but somebody was always playing on the shoulder and coming off that caused absolute havoc so yeah it's one of those this is why coaches get paid lots of money is because sometimes the fans who are insisting on there being a focal point or being a number nine in the team when you've got interchangeable forwards who can move around it's the movement that causes the problems so but yeah just two teams absolutely going for it and throwing haymakers it was great and Gordon I thought there were some fantastic goals uh, in the match but there was also Hearts uh, was it their fourth uh, Stephen Kingsley's goal I've watched it over and over again and I have no idea what the United are thinking with that set up it looks like there's six players on four or something like that and even then it's not because one of the Hearts players is just off to the side he's he's in so much space for that whole and it's just easily dinked him and he heads I just and Segrist doesn't even complain at it either I thought it was a very strange goal 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Tom sort of hit the nail on the head there. That there was certainly quite a lot of fairly compliant defending. You know, <laughs> I think you're right. I think a lot of the attacking sparkled from both sides, but you can. It takes two to tango sometimes, and if you are going to leave massive open space and not really track runners and not really uh, mark tightly, yep, yeah, you're you're going to have big big chances there. Um, I think you know pro- probably the standout goal for me in the game probably um, Woodburn second. Like I think it's one of those finishes where you see it from the wide angle and you think he didn't mean that. Like he's absolutely mishit that. He's gone to hit it with power and he's mishit it and it somehow just ended up in the top corner. But the more you see it and you see it from different angles, I, I think actually he's absolutely exactly meant what he's done there and just to sort of dink it into the far corner and just a really cultured finish. You know, I think those those were his first two goals for Hearts. Yeah. Having joined on loan. And yeah, I think Hearts fans, you know, they always say, you know, you don't want to fall in love with a player that's on loan. But I think Hearts fans are fighting that feeling right now. It was such a nice finish. There. And it was like, it, it it's a crowded box. It's the sort of thing that you've got to, you've got to weigh up. It, it, like, it's the sort of thing that as an amateur footballer, that are like, it, you know the ball falls to most people on the edge of the box you just try and put your foot through it and aim it on target when you're getting to that sort of level where you can like see the angles and and steer it between a number of obstacles and bodies like it's incredibly good technique I think it was the the I think it was Aaron McKenna goal the the last one again on the defence McKenna sorry Um, the the the, again picking up on the defence the the it, it was such such a high line, and Gary McCaskey's ball is actually is totally shite. It's like it almost <laughs> like he totally underplays it, and you're like you're you're waiting for somebody to. There's got to be someone back. There's, there's got to be someone back, and it's a really really lovely finish. But yeah, there's there were a couple like that. Yeah, and um, as I said, I, for Dundee United, I don't think they were too disappointed. Um, the fans afterwards, and I think. One player who hasn't looked very good recently is Jean de Fuchs. He was not very, he wasn't that great again in this match. And he's gone from being one of their, their best players to having a few kind of off days now. And it seems like, yeah, I, I think it, it, it shows that if, um, how key he is to their, to their team, that he's, if he doesn't play well, then they don't seem to. No, I think that's fair. I think there's also a bit of a difficulty that when, when a player becomes so talismanic like that, and he had has been over the last year, that he's been the, the, this this like box to box, full of energy, combative, very very good on the ball, and when he becomes a talismanic figure and then goes off the boil slightly, it, it's it's almost harder to deal with that than it can be if a player's just you know squad filler or you know they're seven out of ten every single week because you've got to play him. You've got to hope that he comes back into form and starts making things happen again, but it hasn't happened in the last, you know, the last last few weeks. Um, like normally, he's he's kind of all action and you know didn't really get an awful lot of, of time on the ball. I think um, lost possession. I think I'm right in saying I think he lost possession more than anyone else in the in the Dundee United side, um, and didn't get a huge amount of the ball either. So no, he he's. He's not quite a problem for them yet because he's he's still a very talented player, but he's not been great. Mm-hmm. They were obviously missing Dylan Levitt as well. And um, we'll move on from there. We'll start with you, Tom. Um, your team Aberdeen they had a good week, and then just in time for you coming back on, they fucked that again. So tell me what went what went wrong. 
Uh, they can't defend. <laughs> this is this is a recurring problem. Um, going forward, they're they're good. Like going forward, they, if they if they kept doing what they did in the first half, and didn't have to defend, they would have ultimately scored. And I mean, but they had lots of good chances. Liam Kelly had a very good like three very good saves back to back. But keep doing what they're doing going forward, and they've caused problems for absolutely everyone this season. But if you can't defend and give up literally two shots and Motherwell score from both and, and you know, all credit to Motherwell they were really really good finishes but there is still a there's still a problem with the defence um, the, the point has been made that if if technically it's whether you want to see it as a back three or a back five um, nominally only one of them is an out and out defender like if your back five is effectively Dean Campbell who's, been, who's a pretty good uh, auxiliary fullback, but spent most of his career playing in the middle. Um, Bates, who has not had the best of starts. Scott Brown, who is a has been good going back into the defence and sort of marshalling it, but is not a defender. Um, Ross McCrory, who I think there's still question marks about at the centre at, at, at centre back, and Ojo, who there was question marks about whether he was a footballer, let alone whether he's a, he's been a right wing back, and he's been a pretty decent right wing back but it there are still huge questions about that um it was the same when you had defenders though um less so i think it was it was the same when they tried to play a back four and there was defenders but there was still i mean there's I, I mentioned before i think in the 19 games so aberdeen have played something what, like 18 19 games this season and i think the variations of the back four but there's been 15 different variations of the back four or back five so yeah and regardless of whether that he's whether glass is trying to play like johnny hayes at left back which works as an auxiliary or um just you know shifting shifting the the the, the bodies around a little bit i think either the problem is the players don't know each other well enough that the to to have formed a unit yet or there's just not enough coaching going into the defensive side of things. They're they're good going forward. I'm going to coin the Ramakin strike force, Ramirez and Watkins, R- Ramakins even we'll call it that. Who uh, who are linking up really nicely and with, with Hedges they're they're a, they're a threat. But defense is pish. The, like the the simple balls are still catching them out. And Scott Brown going back in definitely has made a difference. And and in terms of like when to step up and retention of the ball but it's there's there's been an awful lot of work that's gone on attacking set pieces and bringing in Russell has has definitely paid dividends in corners and free kicks but it doesn't seem it could could sorely do with someone just organising the defence and forcing them for two weeks to just share rooms and speak to each other when, when, When's Declan Gallagher due back? Uh, probably just after I think th- there there are pretty bad injuries at the back so I think Gallagher and uh, Ramsey will be back just after the international break and I think Mc- I think the, there's another couple of bodies anyway that won't be that far yeah. at, um, back after that uh, and it will make a difference because yeah it, it, it should at least give an option but the, the there is I think that's going to be the, the way this season's going to be. It's going to be stop start. I don't think there's going to be a run of a run of strong momentum. But yeah, frustrating because they've been very good against the top 
five and absolute hopeless against the bottom sides. So Ramekins doesn't really have the same ring to it as kind of Brangelina or whatever, does it? But you they're could not, push forward. You could push Ramsey forward. <laughs> You'd have Ram Ram. Yeah. It's maybe it's, 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 it's maybe not quite as good as you know, like the like Shearer and Sutton. You know the SAS. You know that sounds pretty. You know these are like elite level. You know killers. Whereas like ramekins, things you get little puddings in. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you're, you're, just, your, your strike partnership are two little puddings. They're just going to get eaten up by defenders. Yeah. <laughs> it, soft centers. And to be fair, Ramirez doesn't look like the kind of kind of guy that. Uh, get eaten up by many defenders. Um, let, let's go to the striker at the other end who won the game in the end for uh, Von Veen or Van Veen or however it's pronounced. I've heard a few different ways. He, the budget Bergkamp, put in two budget Bergkamp finishes, didn't they? They were, they were great. They were, Sean Goss, um, there was a slight, slight tweak in the midfield and he, it, he ended up putting in the cross for the first one, which is a lovely kind of delicate little toe and then the second one it's it's a it, I mean it's a it's not a great finish or anything but it's, it's another volley and it's it's after a it's after a decent move and yeah I, I just think he looks like the kind of player I don't know whether it's a fitness issue or whatever Gordon but he looks like the kind of guy that if I was a Motherwell fan I just want him in the team every week I just want to watch him every week well absolutely you know I mean what 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 do you want from a striker you want a guy that's going to be clinical and turn chances into goals and I mean you know you look at the stats from this game and it's the kind of game that if that happened to you on football manager you'd be quitting the game and reloading I mean to have 18 shots against two and lose 2-0 to the other team it's just it's the kind of thing that would just absolutely boil boil your blood but you know it's, it's you've got to say it's impressive from Motherwell I mean there were five games that win got into that one I mean they were pretty horrendous in the game against Rangers the 6-1 so I mean to come back from that and go away to Aberdeen who were, seemed to be getting a bit of a positive run going it's it's a good result and something for them to build on for sure and Liam Kelly he um, obviously had a very good game last week I was saying it looked like he was close to maybe having to spend a couple of weeks out of the team but he's come back and put in a really confident performance there yeah absolutely yes yeah, as, as Tom mentioned earlier yes yeah, some very very impressive saves there I mean obviously he's he's dropped out of the Scotland squad for this this group, um, I think Steve Clark sort of said that it's basically just because he wants to get a closer look at um, Sander Clark and Liam Kelly was in the last squad. So, but you'll, it's performances like that that will put him back at the front of the queue for for that third goalkeeper spot that he hopes will become the first goalkeeper spot within the next 12 to 18 months. So here's a question. Your, your expertise live with Scotland. Look, looking ahead to um, a future without Craig Gordon, David Marshall, John McLaughlin, maybe even, who, who are we picking... Who are we picking between Xander Clark and Liam Kelly? Who are, who are you predicting is going to go on to be the better goalkeeper? Or uh, do you even have like a a third man running? God, you know, honestly, it, it's it's really difficult. I mean, I think the good thing about the Scotland team right now is that there is genuine strength in depth in almost every position now, which is really positive. But yeah, the, the glaring one is goalkeeper. And I think all that does is show you how spoiled we've been over the last you know, 17, 18 years that we've had Marshall, Craig Gordon, McGregor. I mean, I was looking at, funnily enough, the last time that we played away from home in Moldova was Bertie Vokes' last game in charge, and that was 2003, I think. That was Craig Gordon's fifth cap, you know? And <laughs> that just shows exactly, you how yeah. these guys have been on, been on the scene for. Um, yeah, goalkeeper's a big issue. I think Lee, I would probably still put Liam Kelly front of that list as it stands. 
but it, it's difficult. He really needs to continue this progress with Motherwell, continue being first choice, continue putting in good performances, um, and just we just need to hope that that will translate into the international scene. Was it spoiled or tortured, though? I mean, with three really good goalkeepers to choose from at one point and couldn't buy a goal at the other end, and then for a while <laughs> we had two world-class left-backs and pretty much nothing else kicking about in the park. Um, let, let's move on to our next game, and I believe it's... We're going to Ibrox. We're going to Ibrox, where Rangers, who really need the Champions League money, beat Ross County by four goals to two, a repeat of the result up in Dingwall. Tom, why do Rangers have to concede a goal in every match before they go on to take points from a match? It's a bit of a, it's a puzzle, really. And, and one of the interesting things from this game is that Ross County got a lot of credit but are you know sitting cut adrift what like what are they five five four or five points adrift at the bottom but have had quite a lot of credit for the way they've put themselves about not just in this game but in the last last couple of weeks they've they got good results against Dundee obviously but and then unlucky the not to it. play an out of form Hibs as well I mean who knows how that game would have yeah. gone but it's quite they were quite unlucky that that game was called off when it was that's probably about the best time they would have wanted to play Hibs but they've they've certainly, and they they put themselves about in this game. The, the the opening goal was a really really nice goal. Rangers scored four, and there are still question marks over how they're setting up the attitude and the idea that they need somebody kind of needs to get them going before they before they spring life. It was slightly unfair on this because they they actually started fairly well. They just got like they, they were they have not been anything like as resolute defensively as they were last season. And I think that's the that is the sum of all the, their problems. That they've been they've been caught high a, a fair bit. There, there's maybe just not been the same levels of concentration um as there was last season. I don't know if that's anything to do with crowds or effectively feeling like games are being played in in a vacuum. But there's definitely Defensively, something not quite there because because Ross County didn't you know they, they they scored two but they had a couple of other opportunities as well and and they were they were a fairly solid enough threat throughout despite the fact that you know when Rangers need to needed to up their game they did they uh, Ryan Kent scored an unbelievably good goal uh, Joe Rebo had an had a really excellent game and kind of tortured the Ross County backline it it's difficult to know how good they are um, because the you felt that after last season and the fans coming back and keeping the, the bulk of the squad together and adding certainly guys that didn't look like they were any worse than what they the, 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 than what was already in the squad they would find another level and they were really good last season you know they were really really good last season and if if anyone's in any doubt about that the, the results in Europe show that but they've they've dropped off significantly and it there, there is, and it feels mean to say this when they they went behind, they found some guts and and scored four goals, and you know Ryan Jack came back in, and, and that'll be a that'll be a huge um, boon to the midfield. But they're they're they just don't seem to be quite right yet. They still feel a bit vulnerable, and it does seem daft when they scored ten goals in the last two games. So maybe being slightly harsh. But there, there is a there's a defensive vulnerability about it. But I, I, 
can't wouldn't dwell too much on that because going forward they were ruthless and they created an awful I mean they had 20 odd shots they had nearly 800 touches of the ball they had the, the, totally dominated um, dominated possession they just haven't quite cracked it in defence and again against the worst team in the league at the moment that's not going to cause you huge amounts of problems but in Europe as we saw this week then they need to sort the defence out but one of the things you did kind of allude to there uh, going to you Gordon is that they have had their injuries this season to their defence as well and it does look like a long time until Helander isn't going to be coming back but we have just seen Kent come back in and score that goal still questioning whether the goalkeeper should maybe do better for it because it's not right in the top corner but it's a cracking strike and uh, obviously uh, Ryan Jack's come back and he's he's a huge player uh, for Rangers you can, you can tell by how much Steven Gerrard uh, talked him up and not not only not only Rangers but Scotland obviously yeah you're 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 absolutely right I mean I think on the on the Ryan Kent point you know coming back in he's he is obviously a very very good player and he, he shows that when he when he can play like that when he can drive at defenders when he can turn when he can move into space and that finish you know honestly it almost feels quite mean to, <laughs> to talk about the goalkeeper <laughs> because it was just that good and it was one of those ones where it's almost like an optical illusion when he hits it because as soon as it comes off his boot you think that's going far too high and then somehow the dip he puts on it then you think it must have taken a deflection because that doesn't look like a natural way mm-hmm. that he's hit that ball so that's probably just discombobulated the goalkeeper a little bit in terms you of reading the flight of the ball you don't know his view either you don't know the goalkeeper's well, view yeah, exactly as well true. yeah that's also true um yeah uh, unbelievable um i think on on the defense you know i think Yes, they obviously have an issue because they are conceding goals fairly regularly. You know, that's now their last their five games in a row now. They've conceded first. You know, they've conceded the 11 and 22 games this season. Um, oh, sorry, no, 11 of their 22 games this season, they've conceded first. That's not a good record. And That's pretty mad, isn't they've it? Conceded, they've conceded 13 in their last 13 games. When you consider that the, the previous 13 goals they conceded took 38 games to concede, to, to, to concede that many. So that's a full season's worth. Of games, but I think that all that probably shows you is just how high their standards were last season. You know, so maybe there is a bit of a reversion to the mean now that maybe seems more like a crisis than it is potentially. Um, and you're absolutely right. I think Ryan Jack coming back is huge for them. Obviously, the fact that he got injured in February last year when the title was more or less in the bag. They didn't seem to miss him too much, but I think they're delighted to get him back now. And yeah, he could be a huge, huge player for Scotland as well. Um, obviously not for this group, but looking ahead to March, we might have a couple of very, very big games. Yeah, and Tom, turning to Ross County, um, I, mean, I, I was initially going to ask, is, is there any many positives they can take from this? And clearly there are, but I think in a single match, yes, that you could say that. But I think... This is just the same old story for Ross County in a way. I mean, I know they got that. I know they got that five 0 win against uh, Dundee, but at the moment, that's an anomaly in their season. They still not only, well, they're not too bad for scoring goals, but they they are, as they have always been. It seems really, really bad in defence, and they've conceded more goals at this point in the season than they had last season. 
the, the positive for them is they they actually look when they're going forward they've got pace in the team they've got some actually pretty decent footballers in the team and they cause problems going forward but they they can't defend if you know if they can't defend if their lives depended on it I mean there were times even very early on when you kind of in this game when even before before they scored when um, Sakala got in behind and there, there was one defender in shot on the highlights and you're thinking this is this is like the fourth minute you've got to be a little and and yeah I can kind of semi understand throwing caution to the wind in the games against Dundee and Livingston and, and St Mirren where they they've scored a couple recently been been in the game until the end and the, the game against Dundee obviously that they won but being that cavalier going to Ibrox is just suicidal and I weirdly I don't I, I don't think they, uh, weirdly, I think they are both the worst team in the league at the moment, but I don't think they're going to be too far adrift by the time we get to Christmas because there's goals in the team um, and you're always going to be able to get a, a lucky one here or there and, and 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 they've probably got more goals in the team than the teams around about them. Uh, if they can sort out the defence, and that is a very big if, the question is how long they, they stick with um, if... If the you know if Dundee or Livingston win their next round of uh, winning the next round of games and, and they suddenly get to be six seven eight nine points adrift, then they're definitely going to start asking questions. I, I but I think I think leaving all politics aside, the reason that they brought the manager in was for his contacts in England, and those players seem to be fairly good. He seemed the the the, the players brought up on loan seem to be pretty decent. I mean, they will either go on to have decent careers. They're probably not going to break into you know the Arsenal team, but they'll go on to have decent careers somewhere. It's everybody else that's the problem. Um, and you, the, the concern for them is you don't, as much as I, I think they're, they're pretty decent going forward and they, they've got goals from right back, they've got goals from from wide areas there there are goals all over the team and they're all right at set pieces not being able to stop other teams playing when it comes to your six pointers is a is a worry and yeah this is a free hit at Rangers and they did all right and they came out with with a good bit of credit and they can kind of hold their heads up high and say like we we that could have been an awful lot worse we've got something to work with here the same flaws keep coming back. Well, I think I think any any team that's scoring goals, you have to say that there, there's 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 life in them. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the league table just now. You know, and they've, they've they've scored four more goals this season than Dundee United, who are fourth. But the problem is they've conceded 13 more goals than Dundee United have. So, you know, they've they've, they've scored more goals than quite a lot of teams in the division so far this season. So, yeah, it's. It's difficult, but you know the the, the Premiership is always always fairly tight at the bottom. You know, there's never there never tends to be a team that gets fully fully cut adrift. So, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of games through the festive period. So so long as they can stay within touching distance of you know your Dundee's and Livingston's, then they'll still feel like they've got that chance of uh, of, of at least getting into the playoff place. And moving on to the was it was it the live game? 
I watched one of them illegally, that's why I'm struggling to remember. I think it was. I think it was the live Sky game, and that was Dundee 2, Celtic 4. And this uh, this Yota guy is pretty good, as well as this Kyogo guy being pretty good, Tom. Yeah, both very good. Um, that's it, let's end it here and move on. They're, bo- they're both that's good. That's my point. I, I, I have got a lot of time for Kyogo. I, I think he, he's a really fun footballer to watch. I think his movement's brilliant, I think. Um, and just like the a very different sort of striker to what you would to maybe what you'd have expected in your traditional is your traditional focal point. Um, I had my reservations about Jota. I wasn't sure whether yeah, yeah, he was coming from a high level, but you've got to adapt quite quickly. And if you're if they're willing to send him out on loan, is that necessarily a good sign? But but no, he he's been excellent. And you've got to have faith. Well, you've got to have faith, but you also have to have a much better defence than Celtic have at the moment. Not to constantly go back to the negative, but I think there there you can see the evolution of the of, of Celtic in one sense in that going forward things are 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 clicking so much better that they're they're getting balls into the box they're better at set pieces they're the interplay with between uh, between the forwards is is a little better there, there's just more happening between them Def- defensively and 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 Joe Hart as well that is still and never will be a, a title it should not be a title winning defence. <laughs> Covering um, your arse quickly there. <laughs> cover my arse slightly. But, <laughs> but there, there are still... I mean, it, it's a bit like... The, the, I don't want to compare it too much to the Rangers game, but the when when it went 2-0, you kind of felt, right, this is going to be this is going to be six. This is going to be brutal. They will just... Celtic will keep coming. And, and, and it was Ralston missed right on half time and could have made a three would have been would have been three one at that point. And you could thought, right, that that would have been that would have been Celtic away into the distance. But they just there's this fragility about them at the back. And I'm always kind of focusing on the negative here. So I'll get the negative part out out of the way before I can come back to the to the forwards. And the the number of times balls into the box that Celtic were basically defending on their own six-yard box or eight, six, eight yards out. And setting the, setting that up with set pieces, that you, yes, you've got to defend, you've got to defend your area, you've got to defend the, the way that the opposition are, are set up as well, but players are on top of each other. And the, the last the, the last Dundee when Hart comes for something that he's got absolutely no right to do, if there was actually a bit that's of a, classic Joe Hart though isn't it I, I mean it is, it I is. Mean, come on we've, we've seen Joe Hart do that many many times <laughs> and, I, and he's not the nicest thing I'll say is I don't think he's going to be able to get that coached out of him um, but he's, effect, are, he's, effect, he's, effect, he's effectively a human rush of blood to the head he is <laughs> in human form he's head and shoulders with no head um, <laughs> it, but there's something that they do need they need that's where they obviously need some surgery still in, in January, but there is coaching to do on that side of things that doesn't seem to quite quite be there. I mean, credit to Dundee, they, they kept going, and I think the the um, their first was really well worked with a nice goal. But 
that there is again this this like fragility to Celtic. Having said that, going forward and the way that they're they're clicking in the kind of attacking third and the amount of time that they're getting, like what Turnbull's getting on the ball far more often and making things happen. Um the from the from the midfield onwards, they're they could potentially be by the end of the season at all surprised if they're as good as they have been at any time in the last six years defensively. Oof. But following on what you've said, Tom, um, and got you, Gordon, it seems to be that Postacoglu is the type of guy that if you asked him after the game, he would just say, well, I, I, I don't care that I conceded a couple of goals. I'm just going out there to smash other teams and if I concede a couple of goals on the way I don't really care that seems to be his philosophy where whereas Gerard, as much as he would probably be happy with still the, the the goal ratio they've got compared to the goals conceded he probably would still yearn for the the defence and the defending that they had last season yeah I, I'm I'm sure you're you're absolutely right there I mean but I think you know that that, that combination of things that's what's making this quite a fun season to follow you know I mean I think the fact that you've got as as much as you know you look at the league table and yes it's Rangers and Celtic 1-2 just now you know the fact that both teams are equally fallible at the back and yet equally impressive going forward with some phenomenally good attacking players who can score incredible goals and interplay is wonderful um it's, it's great, you know, it's really good to see, you know, you don't want to see Celtic and Rangers winning every game 2-3-0, you know, the fact that they you know they can go behind and then have to fight back, it just makes life more interesting, doesn't it, you yeah. know, um, although I've got to say, look, total respect, Jota, he's the kind of player you would have expected come this time of year, you know, 8th of November to be in full snoods, long sleeves, gloves, but no, short sleeves, no gloves, you know, you got to respect that. He's got that wonderful mane to keep him warm. Um, <laughs> I talked to, turning to Dundee, then I just don't know what to make of Dundee this season. I, I feel like there's been so many matches where they have shown that they're a decent side. And then there's other times where they're just an absolute disaster. And not far off, not far off what Ross County are like in that they've got good attacking players there. They've got people that can score goals. But sometimes that defence is a shambles. And I think not only that, but Mick Pate got it wrong right from the start of this match, didn't he? He went up against Celtic's front three, he played a back three, and it just meant, well, a back five, sorry. And it, and it just meant, it just meant Celtic, Celtic had spare men in the middle part and they just absolutely, absolutely ran the show from the off. Yeah, I mean, David Turnbull alone took more than a hundred. Turnbull and and Near Beaton took, had more than a hundred touches of the ball, and that is unusual. But I think there was like they were, there was like eight players in the Celtic lineup that had they, like they absolutely dominate possession, and you do you do kind of expect Celtic to do that, but you should anticipate trying to do something to, to, to stop that. I mean, I, a bit like the Ross County game, that, yeah, Dundee are going to come out of this with, a, with a, a fair bit of credit. They they worried Celtic a couple of times. They didn't let their heads drop. They got back to 2-1 um, at halftime, even when it went down to 4-1. Uh, when, it, when it was 4-1, they, they they kept going. They did all right in the last last 20 to 
at least raise some questions. I think you could almost take it further back than that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what this Dundee team is for the last 18 months. I mean, the, the, it certainly seemed like they, they put the run together in a, in a sprint last season to get, to, to get promoted and fully, fully deserving of that. But the, the, that was off the back of lots of questions being asked about the manager and those same questions are coming back back around now. I think if I were a betting man, I would say that McPake's on a sugarier peg than anyone else down the bottom because there's at least a feeling that he's had the, the chance to put a stamp on the team and there doesn't really seem to be one. Like say, there's still question. I mean, there's there's question marks over the defense. There's question marks over the way that they've set up. But there's not the same. I mean, the the the, the Ross County Dundee game in in many ways was a fluke. But in a lot of other ways, it's been the way that those two two teams have have gone about for large parts of the season. Where Ross County have played some actually fairly exhilarating attacking football at times and there's been lots of movement and there's been players popping up all over chipping them with goals there's just they just they just can't defend to save their lives whereas Dundee have kind of struggled a, a bit more at both ends and if you're inviting teams onto you when you have a defense that ropey then you're asking for asking for problems I think you know, like I say, Dundee will kind of take this on the chin and be like, "Look, fair enough, four two. That could have been worse. We got a couple of goals. We we may have something to build on." But Celtic had a lot of chances. I mean, they had again twenty odd chances. There there were two at least that I think there was, there was the Ralston chance and there was another one from a set piece. That I mean, it it, it, it could easily have been six or seven two. Um, so as much as Dundee caused some problems and, and asked some questions, they're, 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 I think Ross County are, are closer to there being some to there being a solution in sight and potentially getting a couple of results than Dundee coming with any kind of run of form. Okay, that so that was four matches with lots of goals and entertainment. Great goalkeeping, incident, all this kind of thing. And now we turn to teams like St Johnston nil, St Mirren nil. So Gordon, what what did you make of that game? Genuinely, what is there to say? I mean, in, in, any, in most nil-nil draws, there's not a lot of incident, but this one wasn't really great at all. I, I knew a couple of friends who, who went to the game and yeah, their only feedback on what they did at the weekend was on what they ate and what they drank around the game. And the, the match was absolutely the last thing they talked about. So, yeah, not a lot to write home on this one. It was brutal. It was... it was. St Mirren were the better team. St Johnson were lucky to get a point. Xander Clark made a, a couple of good saves. Arguable that... He should be in the Scotland squad, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean... He is now, so that can stop. <laughs> That's not a thing anymore. Um, there was a red card. It was questionable whether there should have been another one earlier on. The red card, like Chris Kane got sent off for what looked like dissent. Um, there was some... 
to some extent, I can understand why people thought it was a a little harsh because the first yellow card did seem a little bit harsh. But you know, you pick up a book and you don't start mouthing off the referee, and he did seem to be right in his face. Um, I didn't think he looked that angry, though. I mean, it looks like he was saying something to him. But he always I... looks angry. Yeah, so was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, it looked like the sort of thing you may have got away with if he'd been 10, 15 yards from the referee, but he was two feet away from the referee and right. something was said. And I mean, dissent is kind of open to interpretation to, to, to some extent. So like the, the referee's allowed to take what he feels is dissent and just daft if you're on a booking. Um, but both both bookings in isolation seem pretty pretty soft, but I don't know. I I'm really struggling to care enough about <laughs> well, this it's I, garbage. <laughs> I've got something here. I, I was maybe maybe done. I've maybe done some bit and a wee bit of this service. I think uh, they were decent. They were decent. They did look like they were decent. Yeah, I thought it was very. Uh, I thought it was very interesting what Goodwin said after the game about how these are the kinds of games where they need to win. And he's talking about if they want to kick on and go to the next level, this these are the kind of games that they need to. He says, "I've already seen this game too many times this season," and I think I think that just kind of shows that he has established them at a certain level. He he's kind of hit that and is hitting that constantly, and it's just yeah, I think he's right. I think like an out of form of St Johnston, he, if he wants to get into the top six or maybe they go that bit further and win a cup, then yeah, is well, obviously a league match isn't going to do you any good in the cup. But you know what I mean? Get, getting teams like this that you're going to come up against in this kind of form and wildly created chances, it still seem and while they have scored a few goals this season, um, it still does seem to be the 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 big problem in that side. Brophy and Maine are just just not the most prolific scorers in the in the league. It absolutely is because because you know you, when you, especially when you look at how tight the league is, you know the fact that there's only five points between Hibs and sixth and Dundee and eleventh. You know that the difference between a nil nil draw and a one nil win can be absolutely massive in terms of uh, vaulting you closer to the. The top six and you know St Mirren's away form has actually been quite good this season so yeah I think uh, I think um, Jim Goodwin's got every every reason to feel quite um, disappointed with with dropping points and they, they they totally dominated possession even before I mean it was only the red card was only a couple of minutes before the end but they they had far more of the ball they had far more shots like I've touched on Clark had a couple of good saves one in particular that was was probably more of a challenging save, save than one of the ones some of the ones that were, were highlighted last uh, last week from from Curtis Main that was like creeping in the corner. But in games like that where you do have more of the chances, more of the ball, you you do need to, to you do need to win those games. And like you say, it, it, it's it's tightly bunched up. And if their next stage of their evolution is to be a top six side and they were very nearly that last season then th- they do need to win these sorts of games um, put, put more points on the board but I, I, quite a forgettable one all round and uh, yeah St Mirren probably probably deserved to win St John's and Callum Davidson said afterwards you know we were we, we can be happy with a point all things considered which 
probably tells its own story. Well, when you can't score goals, a point's about the best you're you're going to get, isn't it? I think that's a good point to to leave it on. I think we've I think we've covered it all in depth there, haven't we? Even even that game at the end. Um, thanks very much for for joining us, Gordon. Oh, thanks for having me. And how about tell the listeners um, where they can find you? Yeah, so um, probably the, mo- the most interesting thing that you might want to get involved in is I run a website called thetartanscarf.com um, and you can find that on Twitter and Instagram at thetartanscarf where it's all about the Scotland national team. So dip into club football every now and again, but it's always through the lens of what the Scotland national team are up to. Great. And on that, we are now going to do the Patreon where we're going to do a quick preview of the doubleheader that's coming up against Moldova and Denmark. So we will see you over there. Thank you very much, Gordon, and thanks, Tom. Thank you very much. Speak to you later. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.